0: Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast, Dot here in the new year, 2021. Oh, what a relief. Aren't we all happy that 2020 is over? (laughs) Well, uh, yes and no. I mean, yes, yes, I'm happy that it's over. (laughs) Who isn't? No, I think some people had good years. I think I had a pretty decent year overall, you know, (laughs) all things considered. It wasn't that bad. I mean... I met the man of my dreams. Hello. That was like a major 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 thing for me this year. Uh finding Ben and all of the changes and everything we've been through largely a, a direct correlation or consequence of coronavirus and all of the BS that uh has been happening in regards to that. Not saying that coronavirus is BS cuz I'm not in that camp. I do think it's real, but I do not agree with how governments and the powers that be at large are handling it. But that's not what this episode's about. Let's not get controversial, Dot. Not today. <laughs> Let's start off on a lighter note. All of that is just to say that welcome to 2021. We are here. It has arrived, uh, which is to say January 1st. I'm recording this on January 5th. Ben's birthday was yesterday, which was fun, pretty normal day, but, uh, you know, included some cake, I would say cake and ice cream, but it was an ice cream cake, so (laughs) two for one right there, and some drinking, you know, just some lighthearted, I guess, festivities, and um, pretty low-key, though, here in Iowa, where we are right now, temporarily, but we are here, and uh, we don't really know anyone, so there really wasn't much to do or places to go, people to see. It was just like the two of us and my dad. My dad was there too. So we had a nice little uh, barbecue. Not barbecue. I say barbecue because that's the word directly translated from Portuguese, but school. But it's like a, we grilled. <laughs> we grilled some steaks last night. When I say barbecue in English, just for anyone listening who might not know if English is your second language, but yeah when i say barbecue in english it uh could mean something different usually like the most classic in the most classic sense it's hot dogs and hamburgers which i have not had that kind of a barbecue in many moons <laughs> a long time um but it also could mean like i as an american i would assume that s- something was served with barbecue sauce which was also not the case last night so it's a type of specific type of sauce anyways <laughs> what am i talking about uh i like the new year i like um you know the new fresh start reset button type feeling that you get even if it's just all in my head like i appreciate it you know it's kind of like a monday um in the good sense of the word. I know people bitch and complain about Mondays as well, being, oh, I have to start the work week again. But Mondays are nice because Mondays kind of reset your whole week, you know, like your attitude, your outlook. And that's how I feel about January, especially the beginning of January. Um, the trick being of course, to keep that fire going and keep the motivation for 365 days, which is not so easy, but, um, just the fact that we get to kind of reset every 365 days. I appreciate that, you know? And it kind of is a good moment to pause and reflect and think about, you know, be grateful for what you have and recognize and appreciate things. And then also look and see how you want things to be different in the next year. Set some goals. I'm not a big fan of doing the whole like weight loss or... uh Any of like the normal, I guess, like stereotypical, most common resolutions, I just, I can't get into that because I feel like it's just a, (laughs) it's just a marketing gig at this point with like new year, new you. Like I like to personalize it more for me and it's not, for me, it's not about weight. I have that, my whole story about weight and weight loss and toxicity around that in my life. I'm happy where I'm at physically. So that's not a goal of mine. If it were, then it wouldn't be a number I wouldn't be like, "Oh, I need to lose fifteen pounds or twenty pounds. It would be I want to fit better in my clothing, but even that i'm not i'm not that's not my whole thing this year. My whole thing number one and first and foremost, which might sound silly to you guys uh, but I want to share it anyways, is to let my nails grow out uh, i've been a chronic nail biter my entire life i've gone through phases of not biting them. And I've noticed that I'm much, much, much less likely to bite my nails if uh, they're manicured, if they're well kept. But even then, sometimes, you know, the littlest chip happens, and then I start picking at them, and then they start kind of bending, and then I start putting it in my mouth. And then before you know it, they rip, and then ah, uh, I get nervous about something. And then Boom. Gone. (laughs) So I started this uh, the last couple weeks in December, growing out my super, super short, stubby, ugly nails and keeping them painted and keeping them nice and pretty, (laughs) as pretty as they could be. And now I'm just uh, admiring them right now as we speak. I just painted them, put a fresh coat of pink, like a nude pink shade, and then a sheer unicorn skin type iridescent sparkly thing layer over it so really admiring my nails they're really not even that long but they're the longest they've been in a long time so (laughs) they're long enough to do this which if that says anything (laughs) they're they're getting there they're looking good and I'm really proud of it so just got to keep it up for another year and beyond um but what else that's just a small goal perhaps it seems insignificant to some of you but for me it's a big deal um what else what else what else I've got a lot of like professional techie goals of like producing more content and but not just producing more making it quality you know because I'm a big believer of quality over quantity and I get that a lot of people watching my videos in particular on YouTube sometimes I'll go like three or four days without posting because I'm not really consistent on like I'll I'll post every week. Well, most of the time, (laughs) but usually like I would say, you know, 80, 90% of the time I'm posting weekly, usually bi-weekly, sometimes three times a week, but I don't have a schedule as far as like Monday, Wednesday, Friday or anything like that. And I don't, that's not my goal this year to have a schedule, but I just want to be, um, making sure that I'm posting regularly and that it's good quality content. um, the numbers, they're just numbers, but, like, it would be cool to reach 200,000 or even more this year on YouTube. That would be awesome. Uh, but, again, it's a little bit out of my control. I What I have control of is my content, the frequency of how I post, um, posting more on here on my podcast in Portuguese and English, posting more on Patreon, doing more, like, English assistance for people of all levels, people just getting introduced to English, people more intermediate, more advanced, making my way of teaching English more accessible to people because a lot of people want to do private classes with me, but that's really not the most efficient way for me to spread the love and get (laughs) a lot of people learning English. Um, It's great, and I love my private students, but for one, I don't have the time for two, it's, it's not time that is then recycled. It's like an hour of my day gone, um, which, again, I love and appreciate my students. But I would rather put that time and effort into building a program of some sort that people could download or buy or whatever and reuse and relook at and, you know, go over again and again. I feel like that would be more useful anyways. Um, I really want to buy a new computer this year. (laughs) I know exactly which one I want, which doesn't help because it's kind of expensive. Um, It's going to put me like at least $1,000 under, but I really want to get a MacBook Pro. I want to buy it outright. I do not want to be in debt for it. So saving my change, saving my dollars and cents for that a new camera because I'm currently filming on my iPhone, (laughs) a microphone, a new tripod, like all of the equipment that's necessary for my line of work uh, I need to upgrade. So focusing on that, focusing on uh, saving some money, Ben and I are are in transit right now. We're in Iowa, but we're going to be moving to Colorado. Right now, the thing that's keeping us here besides the work that he's doing for my dad On my dad's house, Um, and some other side gigs that he's found. And, you know, he's getting referrals. The longer we stay put in one place, the better, (laughs) because then he, at least for him and his work with construction and building, because then word gets out that he's here and he gets more and more referrals. So that makes sense. But we're really not looking to stay in Iowa long term. So the thing besides that, that is keeping us here currently is me <laughs> waiting on my title to my car. I oh, long story, but basically um got a new truck. Woohoo! So excited about it, but I'm still with my Dodge Journey, which is like a small SUV, and I'm looking to sell it, but before I can sell it, I need the title and it just got released. Last week, I believe, from my bank to the Utah DMV, and then the Utah DMV has to mail it out here, which can take three to four weeks. So until I have the title, until my car is sold, we cannot really go anywhere. So, um, yeah, definitely waiting on that. Annoying, <laughs> but it's life. Um And in the meantime, just, you know, living it up, freezing our butts off. It's cold. It's winter. It is beautiful, though, you know, I haven't experienced a full winter in years, 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 like at least six years that I haven't, I, I've maybe seen little bits of snow here and there, or I've been in like coldish areas in the Northern Hemisphere for a month or two at a time, but like to really go from beginning to end, to experience a whole winter in its full glory (laughs) in the Northern Hemisphere. I have not in a long time. So um, it's bringing back little, you know, fleeting memories of my childhood of like growing up in Massachusetts and lots of snow there. We would always get bombarded with, I mean, some winters were worse than others, but you're guaranteed to get a couple good snowstorms in Massachusetts, like at least, I don't know, 12 to 24 inches at least in any given season. Uh, Utah, where I also spent a lot of time, yeah, their winter, uh, yeah, it snows. Yeah, okay, it gets cold. But the thing about Utah is um, everyone lives in the valley, and in the mountains, they get snow starting in November all the way through, like, April or longer. Um, but <laughs> in the valley, it can vary greatly, you know? If you live up against the mountains, then you're going to get more snow but if you're in the main area where most people are, yeah, it'll snow, but it's not it just depends on the year. I've been there some years where like it's like 40 degrees on average throughout the winter and other years where it's like 15. So <laughs> it really can vary a lot. And I just feel like the northeast is like those are the harsh 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 winters that I'm talking about. But either way, I I haven't been through winter in a while. Now, here I am in Iowa where it is cold and windy and snowy and like all the things. And I'm looking out my window. It's sunny today. It's freezing outside, but it's sunny and it's so beautiful. Like, wow, this is actually kind of nice to look at. (laughs) I'm sure I'll be sick of it come March, but um, it's not all bad. (laughs) You know I've joked that I've been chasing summer for the last four, five, six years uh jumping hemispheres every season, like always going back and forth and going wanting to stay somewhere tropical and finding <laughs> finding trying to find the right place for me in that aspect um, and I have, and I do love summer, and I could easily live in a tropical environment all year round. Um, but there's something nice that, about the contrast to the winter. And I, I feel for all of my Brazilian listeners right now who are in the dead heat of summer where you are, it is so hot and I'm sure all you want is to escape. So <laughs> uh, yeah, it's isn't it true? You always want what you don't have, right? Like you're always missing what you don't have. That's not true. I didn't miss winter, but hey, now that I'm in it, I might as well enjoy it. So 2021. What are you guys doing? What are you up to this year? What are what are your plans? Um, I'm curious to hear from you guys how you're feeling about embarking on a new year, saying adiós, (laughs) goodbye to 2020, Uh, (laughs) good riddance. Yeah, I don't think you know flipping the calendar is going to magically cure all of the problems that this world is seeing right now, obviously, but it is kind of nice to bid adieu, <laughs> to say goodbye, adios to 2020. Um, I'm a little apprehensive about uh, vaccines. <laughs> I said I wasn't going to get controversial on here. I really don't... Uh, I really don't want to get into this that much, but let's just say I get asked a lot about like, when am I going to travel again? When am I going to go back to Brazil? And when am I going to... Guys, I want to so bad, like so, so, so badly, if nothing else, and just for vacation, you know, just to like bring Ben and like show him where I was and like experience new parts of Brazil and go places with him. Like, man, if... If money and vaccines were no object, like if that was not a problem, then I'd be on the first flight out tomorrow with Ben. Um, and obviously, as, right now, at the time of recording this episode, vaccines are not mandatory to fly or travel, but it really freaks me out to think that they could be, uh, that you could basically be restricted. To not travel unless you have the COVID nineteen vaccine, which uh, uh, let's just say right now with how things are looking, I am not getting in line for that. Um, I, I, it's too, mu- it's too much too soon. It's too hasty. I'm not a big vaccine advocate to begin with. Um, I don't want to go so far as to say anti-vax because I just feel like. I don't know. I, I, uh, (laughs) I'm not like super, super passionately anti-vaccine and I'm definitely not either on the other side of the scale either, either as far as like super pro vaccine. If anything, I'm more leaning anti-vax, but I'm just, I don't buy into it. I don't believe in it. I I don't fear it. I'm in a very, 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 very low risk category. If you look at the numbers, which everyone says, look at the numbers, look at the yeah, I'm looking at the numbers. Guess what? Like, chances are I've already had it for one. I just have never gotten tested. But I was with some severe respiratory issues beginning of December for a long time. They they drug on for like two and a half weeks. So I mean, chances are I've already gotten it. If I haven't, that's fine too. But I'm just like I'm so past this whole thing of like, uh, let's just say this. I I value my personal sovereignty over my own body a lot more than uh, <laughs> uh, believing in some billionaires who want to become trillionaires, you know, <laughs> basically some people who really want to get paid and make some money on a vaccine, which so many people are begging for and uh, supply and demand. Hey, hey, demand supply. Just saying. Anyways, let's change the subject. Um, I want to move past that. I just feel like on a similar note, I mean, I don't want to get too much f- further into it. I think you guys get the gist of how I feel about vaccines. For COVID-19 at least at this point so early on you know a vaccine which usually takes years and years and years and years and decades and decades and decades to uh develop and oh magically it's here uh a little suspicious to me but the reason I I even brought it up is because another goal of mine this year 2020 is to I don't want to say be more authentic because that's so cliche and it's just overused. Ugh, I don't like, I don't even like, I, it's not that I'm not authentic already. Like I do speak my mind and I am not ashamed to say what I want to say. But I think I need to be a little more unapologetic about it. <laughs> like a little less walking on eggshells and a little more just like say what you want to say. And yes, I do believe that there's an a element of responsibility that I have as a quote-unquote influencer. You know, I recognize that I have a lot of people following me. A lot of these people are not from my country of origin, so perhaps they have a different worldview. They have a different way of seeing things. They have a different um, level of influence, like the a different amount of... Like they can get more influenced more easily. I've heard that said. Uh, about the Brazilian population, which I don't really believe that. I think all humans are gifted with discernment and we can all smell BS a mile away. And um, I don't know. It annoys me when Brazilians talk shit on Brazilians because I'm like, "Uh, those are your people. (laughs) I mean, I get it. I get it. I talk shit sometimes about Americans too, but like, you can't put all the people, the whole populace of Brazil in one pot and say, all of them are like this, except for me. I'm the only, I'm the outlier. I'm the only one. No, like obviously there's other free thinkers out there. There's other people who think for themselves. There's other people who just go with the flow and do whatever, you know, follow whoever's their leader. Um, and if I'm their designated leader for whatever reason, if they found me and they liked me and they're following me and they, they appreciate what I do, um, then they would know <laughs> one thing that I always say is to think for yourself. I always encourage people, like whether you agree with what I have to say or not, I just want people to think. So not trying to get them to think exactly what I think, because that would be boring as book. <laughs> just everyone can believe what I believe. Just be a copy of dot. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I really want to strive to be more unapologetic this year and just maybe more resilient is that the right word like i don't know i'm i'm not going to apologize like unless i really do need to apologize and then you know i'll make that call but i i don't apologize for being myself um yeah not going to happen <laughs> oh man what else do we have to talk about today? I have a list here of ideas that you guys have given to me so generously on my Instagram. If you're not following me there already, go ahead and give me a follow. Dorothea underline underline V. Um. Anyways, I I've a couple times I've put the little caishina, the little box for like ask a question or whatever, and I've written like requested content, like stuff that you guys want to hear about. Whether it's for a video topic or for a podcast idea or whatever. And I've written them all down because, of course, those little stories expire after 24 hours. So I've gone ahead and I'm looking here at different things to talk about. Oh, I had one. I had one that I was looking at here. um Let me see. Okay, 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 okay. Oh, 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 oh. Something (laughs) that came up actually a couple times. This is something I want to talk about in Portuguese on my podcast, Fala Dorothea. But I guess this will be my warm-up run, (laughs) speaking about it in English, which of course I'm more comfortable speaking in English. It's my native language. Uh, but someone asked me, uh, and I got it actually a couple times, was comparing baladas, which is like uh, parties, not just parties, but like the club, you know, going to the club, what that scene is like in the U.S. versus in Brazil. And I want to talk about it here just a little bit more generally, not just Brazil and the U.S., but other places as well, like maybe South America and Europe and North America. Um I feel like I have a really unique experience when it comes to the going out lifestyle of like partying and drinking and bars and discos or whatever you want to call them, clubs, you know. Um, I got a late start for one, a very unusually late start because of my religious background, my religious upbringing. I was sheltered from all of that. My whole life, basically, until I was 17, 18 years old. 17, 18 years old, I started to rebel. I started to go behind my parents' back, sneak out, and, like, go out. I don't know, do my own thing. But even then, I wasn't, like, going crazy. Um, I mean, I think I remember going to one party when I was 17. And that was the first time I ever got drunk. First time I ever smoked a cigarette. Uh, And... I had a really bad hangover the next day, <laughs> and it was Sunday, and so I had to go to church. <laughs> and I slept in at my friend's house. We all got drunk at this house party and uh, slept in, rushed to get ready for church, spritz some you know, deodorant and perfume on or whatever to try, try and hide the sadness. <laughs> of uh, being hung over and then went to church and just, I remember being in the pew and just like, uh, like head down, just wanted to pass out, like felt horrible. And my parents were none the wiser. I, they did not even know where I was. I think they thought I was, I was at a friend's house, but I think they thought it was just like a innocent little sleepover, you know, like, no, our daughter's perfect. She's not going to go out and get drunk and come back and go to church the next day, <laughs> Um, So that was like one experience, but that was really literally that one experience was like my whole, um, (laughs) my whole experience (laughs) as an adolescent, like um, nothing else ever happened until I was 24 years old. So the reason there's this big gap there, even though I started to rebel, you would think, well, didn't you do stuff when you moved out of the house once you were like 20 and 21, 22 yeah I guess I could. If I really searched in the recesses of my brain, I could find a few more experiences, but nothing crazy. Oh, there was one New year's that I was in New York City. Yeah, yeah, I got drunk then too. <laughs> See, I can literally count it on one hand how many times I got drunk before twenty four um, But you know what I mean? Basically null, no, like no experience. Um And then what happened is I moved to Utah when I was eighteen. Even though I was in the process of leaving the church, uh, I did get married very young. I got married at 21, and from 21 to 24, I was married, and my husband didn't drink. Neither did I. No parties, no nothing, which is ironic now because I believe he does drink. <laughs> he has since turned over a new leaf and uh, goes to bars. To the best of my knowledge, I don't really keep up with him on the regular, but last I heard, he was drinking, which kind of funny to me. But anyways, <laughs> not who am I to judge, so do I, but i it's just funny that we both kind of lived this fake life <laughs> back in the day um, and the environment wasn't really mm, wasn't really the best place if you're wanting to get drunk and party and go out, Utah is not really known for it, like yeah, they have some clubs, there's a few places in Salt lake, but as anyone who's ever partied in the U.S. knows, the party tends to wind down around like one or two o'clock. Uh, some places in some bigger cities, you know, Miami, New York, L.A., they might stay open later. But for the majority of the places, I would say in the U.S., it's pretty early uh, call to call it a night. Um, <laughs> so I was... More than shocked, you could say, when I experienced a true going out experience in Peru was the first time. I was in Peru when I was 24 years old, freshly divorced. Well, it had been about a year. Um, Actually, I was almost 25. (laughs) Yeah, I was almost 25. And this friend of mine, she was hosting me in Lima, and her grandma had a beach house about an hour south of Lima in this place. They call it Asia, like Asia, but it's, uh, I don't know. There's like a lot of little beach houses and there's a nice little beach. And then there's this place Asia, which is like mall strip mall, tons of like restaurants and clubs. And just like, it's in the middle of nowhere. Like there's nothing but desert all around. And then it's like where everyone goes to party from Lima when they want to get out of Lima, they go to this place. And, my friend had told me like, we're going out tonight. Are you getting ready? Like, let's, let's go out. And she gave me a couple dresses because I was very ill prepared for the occasion. And I was getting ready at like seven, eight o'clock and nobody else, none of the other girls, there were like five of us girls, all friends of hers that were all hanging out. And none of them were even like touching mascara. Like they had not even started. They hadn't even washed their face. Like they had not even started to get ready until about like eight thirty, nine o'clock. And they're just like slowly, you know, coming back, eating some dinner and then like taking showers. And I'm like sitting there like, I'm ready to go. <laughs> when are we going? And they start blasting their music. And then finally I get the, the picture like, okay, we're not going anytime soon, are we? And Andrea was like, my friend, she was like, no, of course not. Like, we'll probably leave here at like, I don't know, like 11. And I'm like, okay. Okay, okay, well, that's a little later than I expected, but okay. (laughs) So we get all dolled up. I thought I had done my makeup, but then her friends come back and they give me the full makeover, like super dark eyeliner and like, wow, they just completely did me over. We don't even leave the house until 12 midnight (laughs) That's when we left and we didn't even go to the party. We went to a friend's house on their rooftop and started having some drinks. And I'm just, like, sitting here, like, looking at the clock. I'm like, I thought we were going to go out. Like, I thought we were going to go dancing. Like, what's going on? Around 2 a.m., which is, again, when the parties usually end in the U.S., we finally leave to get in a taxi to go to the club. And we get to the club, and, like, things are just getting started. It wasn't even full yet. Like, people were still arriving. We were on the early end of people arriving Needless to say, we got so drunk that night. We stayed out till 8 in the morning, 9. I think we got back to the house around like 8 or 9. Slept for an hour or two and then went straight to the beach and just passed out in the sun. Uh, Super unhealthy. Don't recommend it. But hey, it was fun. It was really fun. I felt like I lived like five years in one night. Like it was so much fun. So much dancing and just going crazy, like a little bit of, you know, my adolescence coming back to me that I felt a little bit robbed of, you know? And so it it was a really fun night. That was my first experience, right? Partying South American style, which I can say safely South American style, because I've been partying now. I've gone out in Cusco. Cusco has a really good party scene. If anyone gets the chance to go to Cusco, Peru, go clubbing there, like really amazing, amazing places. Um, Lots of fun. And super diverse crowd, like tons of people from all over the world come and party in one place. Um, Brazil, obviously, Rio. Oh, my gosh. So I could do a whole episode just talking about the parties in Rio. Big party scene, lots of experience going out there. Um, But it's all a similar style of like you get ready. And you go out, you go to a friend's house, you do the little pre-party. Then you get to the club around anywhere between like 12 and 2. And then you stay out until uh, the madrugada, until the sunrise. Which to me, like (laughs) me being the old fart that I am now, I'm 30 years old. But like even in my late 20s, mid to late 20s, I remember kind of like around four or five in the morning, just feeling like, I'm ready to go home. Like, I'm too drunk. I need to go home. Someone get me an Uber. Uh, But then I was always so glad whenever I stuck it out another hour or so. And then I would come back and like, especially living in Rio, right by the ocean, I would come back and watch the sunrise. And of course you feel like shit the next day, like you basically lose a day and a half of your life, but... (laughs) It's always somehow worth it most of the time, right? Um, but watching the sunrise was always the best part for me. And there were some nights where I just couldn't do it. And I was like, get me home at like three or four in the morning. And then I would sleep through the sunrise. I'd get home at like five and just be asleep. But man, on those days when I was up all night, it was it was some good times. Like really, really good times. So that was my first ever experience in Peru. And then like I shared a little bit in Brazil, but I also, this episode would not be complete without me sharing somewhat of my experiences in Spain and Italy, Spain and Italy. I've, I've gone out in those two cities. I've done my due diligence. (laughs) I can report back to you what it's like there. Oh my gosh. Amazing. 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 European culture, um, party culture, I should say (laughs) is pretty, pretty bomb. Like Um, That was when I really started to come into my own. And you know what? I I can talk a lot of crap about my upbringing and uh, the closed-mindedness and the religion and all this stuff, but I will say I'm actually, in hindsight, very grateful that my parents raised me the way they did. For one, it makes me appreciate where I'm at now a million times more. For two, it I learned a lot. Uh for three, I also know that they're just well-intentioned people. They weren't trying to like if anything they were trying to give me the best upbringing possible and to them that was what they did. Um I was really bitter about it for a long time and hated it, but now looking back I can appreciate it, especially now that I'm a mom. I just see like okay, they were just doing the best they could with what the knowledge that they had. So, naturally, but here's another little gem of um which I wasn't expecting to ever really appreciate. But my party days in Spain happened after that night in Peru, but way before any of my partying in Rio. So I was still very new to like partying and drinking and everything. And because of my upbringing, because I'd been so sheltered from specifically alcohol, um I remember going to bars and stuff and like in Spain, where I was a nanny, and I was I would have my nights off, my weekends or whatever, and I would go out, and I like a guy would ask to buy me a drink, and I wouldn't even know what I wanted, <laughs> like because I'd never tried it, I didn't know what I liked, you know. So I would ask for like, mm, I'll have a mojito." <laughs> He'd be like, "What are you drinking?" "A mojito." "Oh, beer." "Oh, uh, gin and tonic." "Oh, uh, uh, I don't know, like anything." And I, it would just be like my first, literally my first time dry, trying that drink. And I would either hate it or love it, but I would always like have a smile on my face and be like, oh, remember not to ask for a gin and tonic or, you know, like, (laughs) we don't like that. We don't like that. But because I had never experienced it before, it it made it like this fun experiment for me where I got to try everything I wanted to try in a controlled, mature way where I knew I was in control. Like I was drinking, I was going out because I wanted to and not because anyone was telling me to, not because it was the cool thing to do and all the cool kids were doing it, not because I was being peer pressured, um, not even because I was rebelling. It was just me like experiencing a new side of life and me being curious and wanting to know, what's this about? Oh, Oh, okay, I'm gonna make new friends. I'm gonna meet new people. I'm gonna try some new drinks. I'm gonna get a little silly. I'm gonna, you know, like... And kind of pushing my own limits in what I think is a very healthy way as a 25-year-old living in Spain and figuring it out. Um, My first month in Spain, I never went out. I lived in Spain for six months. My first month, I never went out. And I remember my host mom, who's an angel, Ava. She's an amazing woman. I love her so much. She looked at me one day and she's like, (laughs) Dorotea. <laughs> all in Spanish. She's like, you need to get out. You need to get out of this house and go make some friends. Like, I'm sick of seeing you here on the weekends. You have these days off. You work too much with my kids. I lo- we love you. We love what you're doing. You're, you're just working too hard. Like, you need a break. I give you a break and you don't go out. Like, go, go out. And it was exactly during the weekend of uh, Fiesta del Pilares, which is like a really big annual festival um ironically catholic religious festival but it's like a big excuse to party and have all these concerts and everything and so i was like okay okay yeah you're right i didn't speak very good spanish at the time mm, mediocre mediocre spanish let's say but she basically kicked me out of the house she's like you're going out there's parties all over the city tonight like you're going to have some fun so I don't know if she regrets doing that now because I ended up definitely finding my people, getting in my element. That first night, I'll never forget, oh my gosh, it was so much fun. I was walking down the main strip in Saragossa and feeling totally out of my element, feeling totally alone. I don't know a soul. I don't know anyone here. What am I doing? The streets are super crowded and then all of a sudden I hear English which i hadn't heard english in over a month. and so i i it like i whipped around cuz i heard it behind me. so i stopped in my tracks and turned around and i saw this group of like maybe four or five people like around my age, young, i don't know, 20-somethings. and a couple of more american, one of them was australian, i think there was an english guy, just like a diverse little group. and i was like, "oh my gosh," Complete strangers. I just stopped them on the street. I was like, oh my gosh. I'm sorry, I don't know who you guys are, but um I'm an au pair here in Spain in Zaragoza. and I uh this is my first time going out. I don't know anyone. Can I hang out with you guys tonight? <laughs> just like completely invited myself into their their night. And they were like, Oh my gosh, yeah, come. Like we'll show you all around. We know this town, da 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 and they were showing me all the places. We had so much fun that night, and then the next night, I was so amped up because I was so excited to have made friends and everything that I was like, I'm going to go out again. I'm going to do that again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those people, I got their phone numbers and their contacts. And we ended up being friends and hanging out more down the line. But they weren't available the next day. And I was like ready to go. So I went out and I went to literally the exact same places where we hit the night before. Except this time I was by myself. But instead of being all lonely and droopy and sad, I was like pumped and excited and like, oh yeah, I can make friends with anyone. So even though I was by myself, I went to the same places, got myself a beer, sat down and lo and behold, this random guy just sits next to me, him and his twin brother and then the bartender who was a friend of his and then one of their girlfriends came in, all Spanish. So that was really uncomfortable. It like forced me to, you know get into my language skills a little bit, <laughs> but I was ready. Like emotionally, I was confident. I was ready to be me, even if that was difficult in another language, but I was like, I was ready. Um, it was because of that night, which again, the next night going out, making another group of friends, of local friends, people really from there, they ended up taking me out, uh, later on, and I ended up meeting this girl Leah, who's like my best, best, best friend, ride or die girl from the U.S., who's married to a Spaniard, and she was working as an English teacher there. And we ended up getting along so well, and um, it just opened the door to everything, and that's how I started, you know, going out to the bars, going out to the uh, parties and dances and stuff in Spain. And that's where I really feel like I came into my own as far as figuring out, you know, who is this side of me? Who is this party dot, this party anthem girl? Like who <laughs> you know, I, I had never been that person before, and it was so so much fun to to try it out and um to find my molding, you know, and to see other people around me doing it similarly or differently, but like everyone just kind of having a good time and just wanting to go out and be carefree and whatever. Um, yeah, I had a lot of fun. <laughs> I had a lot of fun that year. And later, the a year later, I came back to the same city and partied with some of the same people. A lot of fun. Uh, went to Italy and spent 3 amazing weeks there and i did, well, not as much drinking involved in italy because i was the designated driver uh like every night so i didn't get too much of my drinking on but we did go out to some clubs and party and stuff so good times really fun europeans so open minded so so cool i had such a blast and i really think that that experience and many others like it prepped me for Brazil because, um, I've said this before, but I don't think I love Brazil and I encourage everyone to go to South America, especially Brazil, but (laughs) asterisk, I don't think Brazil is for the faint of heart. I think it's not for the travel novice. If you've never been out of the U S before, if you've never traveled outside of your home country, maybe go somewhere a little more tame, you know, and then try out Brazil a little down the line, or maybe practice some Portuguese, or, mm, you know, if it's your first place ever, I feel like it could, um, uh, innocence is bliss, (laughs) innocence is bliss, is that how this, ignorance, ignorance is bliss, but ignorance makes you innocent, and being innocent in Brazil makes you a target, so Same could be true anywhere. I hate to paint Brazil in a bad light, but I really, really strongly believe that it was because of my experiences of traveling Northern Africa, Europe, um, all throughout North America, Central America, Peru, other places that um, really built up a strong base for me to go to Brazil and love it the last thing I want is for someone to travel to Brazil and hate it because they had a bad experience because it was their first time leaving the US and they just didn't know what they were walking into. And it's like, no, 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 you don't have to have that experience. If you prepare yourself, then you're going to be just fine. (laughs) So, uh, especially when it comes to the drinking scene, you never want to be caught off guard in a club. You never want to get, God forbid, like, you know, some of those crazy drugs that people smash into drinks and like, you don't even know any, you're none the wiser. And I don't know, there's so many horror stories of like your your organs getting harvested and like people fucking, horrible, horrible things. Don't wish that upon anyone. It happens all over the world. Not trying to paint Brazil in a bad light, but I'm just saying me, especially coming from my extreme level of ignorance and innocence from my upbringing and then slowly like easing myself into this uh, other scene of partying and until i felt comfortable like basically doing it by degrees by my own comfort level allowed me to go to brazil and enjoy myself a whole hell of a lot more um so those are my stories man i've been talking now for uh 45 minutes oh my gosh wow it's been flying i've got um other things I need to run and do. I've got a class here starting shortly, so I'm going to leave this podcast here with you guys now. Let me know what you think. If you're liking these uh, these podcast episodes uh, of me sharing stories, storytelling, especially from my past, let me know. Throw me a line. Leave me a review. Like my podcast. Follow me on Instagram. Uh, send me an email. Like, yeah, just communicate with me. I'd love to hear from you guys. And... Um, Happy 2020. 20 20- <gasps> Happy 2021. Is 2021 you guys? Yes. It is. Amen. Amen to that. Hope you guys are enjoying it so far and have a wonderful, happy, healthy new year. Love you. Bye-bye.